4: Mixed martial arts Mixed martial arts How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed! And influenced (laughs) And influenced
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes uh, The martial arts will be heavily influenced on Saturday And after the week that has gone on with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Who knew that Las Vegas and UFC headquarters would actually be the location of normalcy in combat sports come tomorrow? Because it's going to be a circus in Manchester, everybody, as we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 81 and the Prime Card preview show, Misfits Boxing, putting together what they called their Super Bowl event. And yes, we are going to talk about it, whether you like it or not, I'm sorry. But thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck, joined by the esteemed panel. First, my bald brethren, the wise wordsmith. It's good to see Mr. Shaheen Alshadi once again. What's up, buddy?
5: Dude, I'm just loving life, riding high. The D-backs undefeated in the playoffs, baby, was at that game on Wednesday. It was a beautiful scene. You'll
3: love to see it. Yes, you do. Uh, As a Red Sox fan, I it was nice. I'm, I'm rooting for you. And also, Joyce, it's always a special treat when a preview show is accompanied by the great New York Rick, greatest theme song in MMA. New York Rick, my friend, great to have you back. How are you?
2: Thanks, Mike. Uh, I agree with you. Greatest theme, to- theme song in MMA. Maybe great- greatest theme song ever. Uh, happy to be here and ready to talk some fights.
3: Yes. I'm trying to figure out how I want to start this thing, guys. Because I mean, I, I figure we should start at the UFC. The UFC has been the promotion of chaos all week, and then the Prime press conference happened yesterday, and they certainly took over that role. But Shaheen, I, I think most of the headlines will be on the Prime card, But I, would, I do want to start at the UFC because not a lot of people are talking about it. I feel like this uh, this entire event has been lost in the shuffle. As a matter of fact, Bobby Green had this incredible win on Saturday, and we didn't even mention it for a second on BTL yesterday because of everything that is happening right now. But the UFC returns to the world's most famous apex for the go-home show heading into UFC 294. We have a pretty fun featherweight headliner. We have Sadiq Yusef taking on the man who may have the toughest resume in the history of mixed martial arts and Edson Barboza. No one's talking about this card, Shaheen, so why don't you wax poetically on it and this main event between Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barboza.
5: Yeah, even the UFC isn't talking about this card, right? Like, I feel like this card (laughs) has very much gotten lost in the shuffle of what has been a relatively insane week. The UFC has done more promotion for... Uh, UFC 294 card that is suddenly very different than it was the last time we were in the space. And also UFC versus USADA has sort of been the fight that the promotion has been pumping up this whole week. It's been a very bizarre week, a lot of big news. And you know, it doesn't help that this is a pretty lackluster apex main event right like we can all just admit that it's a fine fight i'm looking forward to it i've been very much waiting for sadiq yusuf to get a jump like this an opportunity to be able to face some of these top guys at featherweight he's been doing this for a while and edson Barboza is always fun but yeah man i mean this is what this is what it is right it's a a fairly lackluster card on a relatively insane week where a lot of stuff is going on so it feels like even for the promotion it's fallen through the cracks
3: New York, when we come to these apex cards Sometimes they're really good, like top to bottom, good main event and a whole bunch of intriguing matchups doesn't happen all that often, but sometimes it does. But mostly it's either we get a pretty solid main event and kind of a lackluster undercard or we get a kind of solid top to bottom offering with a main event that at best is probably a co-main event on most Apex cards, especially like two years back. So all in all. This isn't a pretty this isn't a bad card. Like there are some intriguing things that I like here, but your thoughts on the UFC's offering tomorrow.
2: I feel like you summed it up like this isn't a bad card, but that's kind of been what the UFC has been offering us for all these Apex cards <laughs> at this point. Like that is the consistent <laughs> sentence that everybody has to say about these offerings is it's not the absolute worst and there should be a higher level of quality um that the ufc is putting on there should be uh more uh legitimacy across these cards there should be more stakes there should be more on the line there should be uh bigger names uh but at the same time as i've always kind of advocated for if the people are voting with their wallets and they are saying i'm plopping down on saturday night to watch this and paying gladly for my espn plus subscription then the UFC is not really under any uh, incentive to change that. But yeah, I do feel like this is definitely one of those. It's not the absolute worst card, uh, but it's pretty close. And we shouldn't be saying that every single time that the UFC is at the Apex.
3: I, I don't do think love- it's one of the... Oh, go ahead, Shaheen.
5: No, I was just, just going to say, I do love that that's the mantra that has been repeated on this show and so many other shows over this whole entire year. That's the Apex mantra at this point. The hemming and the hind and the... Uh, it's not the worst card like you could talk yourself (laughs) into it there's a lot of talking yourself into stuff right now in mma and you know maybe that's just what we deserve
3: i gotta say i'm i i am at least somewhat invested in every single main card fight every single one of them the main event probably of all these is like the one that i'm least invested in in a weird way and we'll talk more about it but Viviani Arrujo, could she turn it around? Jonathan Martinez, Adrian Yanez is a great fight. Michelle Pereira moving up to 185 to fight an absolute animal in Andre Petroski. And then two bantamweight prospects in Christian Rodriguez who missed weight. But Cameron Simon's been real impressive coming up. So like every one of these fights, like I have some sort of interest in. But yeah, it's just, that's it. There's no like, oh, this there- is incredible. It's just, yeah, I'm interested in this for some reason. Yeah, there was a time that those were the prelims that those were the interesting <laughs> fights on the
2: prelims that made you interested in the rest of the card and then you got to the main card and now the prelims are just the main card and it is what it is um but yeah i i we've been we've been beaten like let's let's call it what it is we've been beaten and conditioned <laughs> to accept this and and we're going to do that and talk about it but uh there was a time where this was not the case and i long for those times
5: you um, know what i Maybe yeah. like I got some Stockholm syndrome here cuz I feel like I've, I've, I I I take the vibe that you're putting down Mike because you're you know you're right like you look at Cameron Simon I'm really intrigued in what this guy is going to do in this division. He's undefeated so far in the UFC, undefeated in his MMA career. You go up and down the card, right? The Michelle Pereira, Petrosky fight. Petrosky's a really good prospect. Pereira's just batshit insane and just does crazy things. And so you, that's always just fun to watch. Charez Lozardo would have been fun if we had got it just because <laughs> of the bizarre aspect to it. But unfortunately, we can't get that. And then Adrian Yanez. Like we, we all were so high on Adrian Yanez. And then... That one fight happened against Rob Font, and all of a sudden everybody's off the bandwagon, and now it's just that rebuilding of the bandwagon. Like there are certainly allures for all of this. So I, you know, what if that's the if that's the energy you're bringing, Mike? Heck, I'm here for it. I'll pick it up with you.
3: And let me let me make a retraction, Adrian Yanez. My apologies. I know yeah. that is that is how he wants to pronounce from now on. Uh, so my apologies for mispronouncing anything. Yeah, there's a there's a teal yeah. day over the end. It's supposed to be Yanez. Yanez. Okay, I'll have to note that. Yes, we'll have to remember that. So Shaheen, New York Rick mentioned stakes or lack thereof for this card. And you have to look at this main event. And I'm curious, can you find anything at stake here outside of wins and losses? So Nick Yusuf hasn't fought since October of last year. He fought Don Shainis, who is no longer in the UFC, on super short notice. Just ran over him in less than a minute. Edson Barboza is coming off of a nasty win over Billy Quarantillo. One of those y'all must forgot moments. What are these guys fighting for tomorrow?
5: I mean, there is certainly stakes to some degree for, I think, both men, right? In particular, Sadiq Youssef. You look at him, he's been a very sort of intriguing guy in this division for a long time. We just haven't seen him for a long time, too, so it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. But you look, I mean, 6-1 and in the UFC. The one is Arnold Allen. You can't fault him for that. But it is one of those situations. It feels like if you're that up-and-coming prospect and you're sort of peaking into you know your early, early, late 20s, early 30s, and sort of if you've been around for a while and you've done this, you have a lot of wins. The UFC gives you a couple cracks at this, right? The Arnold Allen was the first crack bite at the apple for, for Sidious and it didn't work out for him. He's going to get another bite at the apple here. Edson Barbosa, well-known name, guy we all respect, one of those names that will propel you into these sort of fights that really matter. This is the second one for Sadiq Yusuf. To me, that's stakes, right? Cause if it, if the second chance doesn't work out for him, the UFC really doesn't do many other chances after that. Like he'll, maybe if he keeps winning, he'll get one more shot to sort of move upward into this sort of next tier at, at featherweight sort of enter that conversation again of the guys who we really talk about in that way. Right. The, the, even in terms of upcomers, right? The Movsar of loyevs and like whatever everything going on in this Featherweight Division, this is that chance for Sadiq Yusuf. So that to me, I mean, that's some level of stake because especially for that man, like he if he does not work out for him, he's gonna have a long road back to this. And then Edson Barboza, like we have been waiting to see how long, how how far, I guess, Ed Barboza can really take this whole featherweight thing since it started. It's been it's been mixed results, up and down. He beats the guys we think he might need to beat, and then he loses to the guys who are maybe that next level, right? A Bryce Mitchell, a Kiki Chikadze. Looked tremendous against Billy Quarantillo. I mean, that knee was absolutely brutal. Can Edson keep it going? How many of these more does he have left in the tank? Like That's that's some level of stake as well. I think this is a fight certainly that matters to some degree. And also, it's just going to be a damn good fight, right? Like These two guys, you look at the way they, they approach the game, I think this is going to be fireworks and it's going to be a lot of fun.
3: You do make a great point because New York, Rick, there's two guys that are right around the same weight classes that I've just been waiting to see if they can get there. One is Montel Jackson, and he just – can't find his way into the octagon and when he does usually the guy he's going to fight can't make it so he just goes out and annihilates them and then he gets an opportunity and somehow he can't make it and Sadiq Yusuf is sort of that at featherweight where it just seems like he's been kind of hanging around the top 15 for a while he was supposed to fight giga chikaze last september fight doesn't happen he gets don chanis and wins quickly and then he's out for a whole year and we're wondering all right where is he what's he going to do where he goes from here. So what are you looking for from Sadiq Youssef? Big opportunity here against a big name, been out for a while. What are you looking for from Sadiq Youssef here? Where are your big questions?
2: Yeah, I think he needs to have a big performance. Um, I think this is the, the stage has been set, right? He, let, let's call it what it is. Him getting a main event opportunity is out of desperation by the UFC. They're, they're struggling to put on uh, top-level fights atop these apex cards, and they're putting him on the stage And he needs to deliver. If you look just one weekend ago, if you look back, Grant Dawson was supposed to have a coming out party against Bobby Green. That was supposed to be him ascending to the higher level of that division. And Bobby Green spoiled it. And I think that this is very similar in that regard. Like this is an opportunity for Sadiq Youssef to announce himself, to say I've arrived and beat Edson Barboza and then look at these top fights. When you look at the Arnold Allen, Ilya Teporia, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, the cream of the crop guys. Um, He was booked against Giga. Giga's ahead of him. Uh, Bryce Mitchell's ahead of him. So this is where Sadiq Youssef has an opportunity to crack Um, the seal on that and really advance into the top level. Um, And for Edson Barboza, it's an opportunity much like Bobby green had and delivered on to send him back and say, the old guard is, is still here and it's not going to be that easy. So there are stakes in that regard, but the stakes are, are you going to get a top eight fighter, Um, which is fine and decent. um, But that that's as far as it'll go. But I think with the big performance, Sadiq Youssef can say now I belong in the upper echelon of this division and kind of stay there um, if he's able to be competitive
3: uh, with the top names. Yeah. And Sadiq's done a great job. Go ahead, Shaheen.
5: No, I was just going to add to that. I, I will say like, I like referencing the Grant Dawson thing, because this is something that like we have seen this consistently throughout the year. And even last year too, Of UFC sort of using these apex shows, these filler shows realistically, right? Cause that's what a lot of these are. I'm just like, Hey, we have guys, they have contracts. They need to get these fights. So let's just put them on this card. I, do, I don't I do mind in that respect the idea of using these filler shows as sort of soft launches for a lot of these guys like a Grant Dawson, like a Sadiq Yusuf, where it's, hey, like if you're going to be on this next tier, how will you handle the spotlight? How will you handle headline events? How will you just handle these harder competitions? Doing that in a lower stakes setting like a show like we're about to see on, what is it, Vegas 81, like a show we're about to see on Saturday. That's so much lower stakes than if Sadiq Yusuf was out here Doing this in a co-main event of a pay-per-view or something like that, right? So, so I almost don't mind the the idea of the soft launch into contendership for a lot of for a lot of these events, whether it's a Grant Dawson or Sadiq Yusuf, just like throwing the a little tiny bit of the spotlight, a little tiny bit of the pressure on them that would come once you reach that level and just being like, okay, like how do you handle it? Sink or swim type of moment. I actually don't mind that because we saw with last week with Grant Dawson, like some guys rise to to meet the challenge, some guys maybe can't get to that level
3: for, on their first attempt. It is an intriguing just like play in that respect. And Sadiq Youssef has done a tremendous job. He's more over now without fighting than he was when he was active because of the gambling content that he puts out. And you get to see a different side of his personality. He's freaking hilarious in those videos. And now if he comes in and beats a guy like a Barboza, fans are going to be clamoring for big fights. Maybe he gets like a guy like a Calvin Cater or something like that when Cater's ready to come back, maybe end of the year, early next year. So, yeah, I think... Shaheen, you've talked yourself into this card a little bit more, and I'm talking to m- myself into thinking this main event has more stakes than I actually thought they would. So that's that's very interesting. Look at us just kind of talking our way through stuff. Right now, I'm Shaheen. Uh, well, <laughs> you are who you are, and that's what we love about you. Right now, Sadiq Youssef, Shaheen, is the betting favorite. Minus 166, the comeback on Edson Barboza, plus 140. Line's been pretty much around here all week long. It is a... Vast difference from the Bobby Green-Grant Dawson line where Grant Dawson was like a minus 340 favorite. Bobby Green is a massive underdog. This one lined a little bit closer. Shaheen, who gets this done? Who gets their hand raised at the end of the card? It's strange,
5: right? Because it's almost a very similar setup that we just experienced last week. It's, it, it's right down to the ages, right? Like Edson Barboza is right in that Bobby Green range. Green was 38. Edson's 37. Sadiq Youssef is similar to that, Grant right? Dawson range. Grant was in his late 20s. Sadiq Youssef is just turn 30 it's it's all sort of a mirror match of it i would say grant dawson coming into last week at least was probably a more hyped prospect i think there was more expectations put on him uh but ultimately i do have to almost it's weird to say even after we just saw bobby green do like pull the upset off in, in a matter of seconds uh to to go back to this well but I just don't know how much Edson Barboza has left for him or in him for these type of opportunities, right? For these type of matchups against these hungry up-and-comers. I I have been high on Sadiq Yusuf for a long time. Like you said, he hasn't been in the cage for a long time. That scares me a little bit, that, that element of ring rest, that element of just... We have not done this for a long for, for quite a while at this point. Uh, but that being said, I, again, I, I have been high on this man since he came into the UFC off the Contender Series. He's been intriguing to me. Uh, I, I wish we could see more of him, and I wish we would see more high-value matchups with him against him. Maybe this is the one that propels him into it. Hopefully it is. Uh, but I think he wins. I think it's going to be a really tough fight, though. I don't feel like this is going to be a walkover for anybody. I think this is going to be a real back-and-forth battle. Ends with maybe a fourth round, fifth round finish, but ultimately I can see it going to a decision. steek Youssef, and he passes the first major, major test uh, of what will be an, eventually you know, his rise to, I think, contendership within this 145-pound division.
3: You're correct. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I do. I, th- I think Sadiq Youssef is going to get it done. Uh, but as we know with Edson Barbosa, you really just need to time one really clean shot and it changes everything. Um, and he's very capable of that. Uh, but I ultimately think if we're talking about the volume and the ability to um, keep that up over three, uh, over five rounds and uh, put the pressure on Edson Barbosa, I think he has the tools to be able to do it. I think he's also dangerous in, in uh, the submission capacity. So I think there's just going to be a youth element and and an energy element that I think is going to be in his favor, where Edson Barbosa is really going to need to have one of those like throwback special performances um, in order to get it done. I think Youssef is of the level that he's really going to have to raise his game, Barbosa, that is. Um, and you can't, it, it's hard to kind of like in analysis think about that it's hard to think like yeah if he can land that one shot the puncher's chance type of opportunity um I think the the line is is probably where it needs to be where Yusef's a a little bit of a favorite but there's there's still respect and credit to Edson Barboza for um how dangerous he can be in flashes and in moments uh but I see Yusef ultimately probably being able to pull it out but is is he at in danger at all times yes and that's kind of what makes this matchup so fun and a test for him
3: so if you guys listen to the podcast network, I tagged in, I was tagged in for GC on no bets Bard this week. So I had to play some ponies cause I'm not just going to go on there and be like, here's what you should do. And then not do anything. I have a bet on Edson Barboza by knockout at plus two ten. I think if he's going to do it, he's going to have to do it within the first seven minutes of this fight. And then after that, I think Sudik Yusuf can take over and just kind of pepper away. I don't know if he gets a finish. I'm kind of, But the money's on Edson Barboza to get a finish. If not, I think Yusuf wins a pretty comfortable decision. But that's where the shackles are. Plus 210, Edson Barboza by knockout. I know Sadiq Yusuf is a tough, durable dude. Doesn't really get finished all that often. I don't even know if he's ever been finished. Has he been finished? Uh, Yes, he got finished in Titan FC back in 2017. So he can be knocked out. It was a big slam, and then he got knocked out with punches on the ground. But... If anyone could do it, you know who else is a durable guy who doesn't get finished all that often? Billy Quarantillo. And Edsa Barbosa did it in pretty quick fashion. He is just an absolute sniper. So that's where the value is for me. But Sadiq Yusuf wins. Would not be surprised about that one iota. One iota and what a moment it would be. Let's go low-key banger, Shaheen. We mentioned the main card. I think there's some fascinating things here on this main card. Shaheen, we have two women's bantamweight fights on this card. And not like short notice. History flyweight's coming America. up we have two women's bantamweight fights on this card we have a lot of bantamweight fights total but we have two actual official bantamweight fights on this women's bantamweight fights chris gutierrez is back he was supposed to fight montel jackson last week still hurts my soul that i have to say that alatang hayley stepping in what's the low-key banger for you what's the one that outside of the main event you're just going to make sure you don't miss
5: I mean, Terrence McKinney on the undercard, certainly. Uh, I'm still in on the Terrence McKinney train. I know he's had a little bit of a up-and-down rocky road here in the UFC after that explosive start, but I still enjoy watching that kid fight, and I, I think he has a cool story, and I'm still high on his potential in this lightweight division. Uh, but ultimately, if you're just going outside of the main event, I'm going back to what we talked about at the top, which is Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez because, man, I – I know a lot of people have jumped off the Adrian Yanya's bandwagon. I, I am not there yet. I think this kid has so much potential and so much talent at 135. Like we saw it in a lot of his early fights, the fast hands, the boxing, the counters, just everything was very impressive to me. And it felt like he even said it himself this week, that it felt like almost he was feeling his oats a little bit too much. He was just feeling himself going into that Rob Font fight, maybe high on his own supply, a little bit, reading a little bit too much of his own headlines. And he kind of, Felt like it was going to be given to him rather than him having to earn it, and you can't go into a fight against Rob Font like that, right, Mike? You know that better than anybody. You're good friends with that man. Like that, that dude is a gamer, and if you're not on your game, he's gonna he's gonna make you pay for it, and that's very much what happened. I'm not out on Adrian Yañez yet. I think he has a, still a big career a, a really nice career ahead of him and I think this is just the first step in whatever the the rebuild the 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 volume 2 the version 2 version of him will be and I'm very intrigued to see how he comes out here on Saturday and just whether you know he is able to right the ship and reclaim a lot of that momentum that I think he once had because I mean man we were all starting to throw him in the bantamweight rankings right like I was certainly starting to put him in that 12 13 range after that run that he was on in the ufc early I'm still I'm still there with him
3: He's still ranked 14. Jonathan Martinez 13. I didn't realize both those guys are in the top 15 right now. But both guys looking to make a big move. And if you go back and watch the yanez Font fight, it's not like age. Ad- I mean, Adrian got got, but it's not like he did nothing. It's not like Font just ran him over. Like Adrian was piecing him up a little bit with the jab. You Font was a bloody mess a little bit. Fonches had a great game plan. I love the move where he just kind of reached behind Adrian's head every time he threw a jab and then just landed like a hockey punch uppercut to him over and over again until it just became too much. So there's no doubt in my mind, Adrian learned from that fight. I freaking love this fight with the silence behind the violence, Jonathan Martinez, because Jonathan's won five in a row very quietly, pun completely intended there. Beat a made off in his last fight. I mean, that's always good for the resume. So I love that fight too. New York Rick, what's it for you? Yeah, another
2: vote for that fight, but if I'm having to scratch a little bit deeper, I guess like I think there's some weird fun potential in Darren Elkins and TJ Brown. I think that's going to be a scrap and I and I think ultimately um there's going to be some back and forth, some some ups and downs and some roller coaster rides as there are in Darren Elkins fights and are quite honestly like TJ Brown fights as well. So, that's probably where I'm I'm looking, but you know, I'm only saying that because uh because Yanez and and Martinez was already mentioned and that one's the one. That one is the
3: one for sure. It would have been Chira's Lacerda too, but alas, medical issues, non-weight cut related on the Lacerda side. He's he's definitely in the conversation of one of the worst runs in UFC history. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible, man. It's just unbelievable. So that is UFC Vegas 81.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook
1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
3: Now, Shaheen, depends on how you feel about circuses and utter chaos. Across the pond, we go to Manchester for the prime card, Misfits Boxing's big Super Bowl event. Yes, we have KSI versus Tommy Fury. That one has just kind of floated through the... Look, John Fury has stolen some headlines. No doubt about that. Those two guys have been getting after it. But all the headlines, as has been the entire build to this week, has been around Dylan Danis and Logan Paul. Things got real testy yesterday after the press conference. There was a microphone hit to the head of Logan Paul. He was escorted off a stage. And Logan drilled him. And you could see in certain videos that Logan started gushing immediately. Logan Paul shows up to the weigh-ins. Dylan Danis said all day long, he missed weight. It's a bunch of shenanigans. I'm fighting Jake Paul instead. (laughs) He's facing off with Mike Perry. There's just so much ridiculousness going on with this fight. And somehow, Shaheen, when the weigh-ins happened... Dylan Dennis weighed more than Logan Paul. I don't know how that is physically possible. I don't know how that is <laughs> possible you. at all. But Dylan Dennis somehow <laughs> weighed more than Logan Paul. So let's gauge your excitement levels and then maybe your intrigue levels for this Mitzvitz boxing car. Because I said on BTL yesterday, I am weirdly intrigued by it, but I cannot wait till KSI Tommy Fury is over so then we can never talk about this again. We can move on and look forward to other things. But I am still my, I'm still pretty like weirdly fascinated by it. But I just want it to be over. Where are you at with this?
5: I love that you mentioned the weight. I, I, I would, I'm guaranteeing you that if Charles Oliveira, like Charles Oliveira, watching that, he would have loved to have whoever weighed in Logan Paul <laughs> at his fight here in Arizona <laughs> against Justin Gaethje, because he definitely wouldn't have come in overweight with that. Like I've I've seen a lot of weigh-ins. I've seen a lot of a lot of dudes at weigh-ins. I would be stunned if Logan Paul is actually 194 pounds. What are we talking about? That man is, that man was gigantic. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, what what can you say, right? Like, I'm not better than this. I I came up in a time when, you know, Pride was my, Pride FC was my first love. I came up at a time uh, in this sport where, you know, circus fights were the norm where that was just something that that i I loved and appreciated. i'm I'm always here for a great circus fight. I'm not I'm certainly not above it. Um, I you know that's kind of that's kind of my jam, frankly. so i I can't say that I'm not somewhat intrigued by this just because of the way that they've built it up, the way they've sell, sold it, the production elements, all of this like Misfits knows what they're doing. I don't know that I care too much about this. if I'm being honest, I'm kind of the old head, I guess, just out here watching the car crash and be like oh that's that's something um i don't know that this feels meaningful it doesn't seem like it have has a lot of stakes in the grand scheme of things but that being said i mean plenty of wars have been fought over the course of human history over the simple fact that if you insult my significant other if you re- insult my ropa- romantic partner especially if you do it repeatedly and egregiously like, we're going to have words and we're probably going to throw down. There have been a lot of people over the course of, you know, humanity who have who have fought and died for those kind of causes. So I can certainly relate some level of the, of the, of the co-main event, main, double main event, whatever you want to call that. Um, I, I very much kind of bought in on the idea that like, hey, okay, I just want to see whether... Dylan Danis will be able to get away with this scot free, or if he's going to get beaten to a pulp because of everything that he's done. The, the baby face turn for Dylan is, frankly, one of the most astounding and surprising <laughs> baby face turns I've ever seen in my life in any sport. Like, this dude was the laughing stock of the internet not too long ago. You look at this time last year, like, who, came, who cared about Dylan Danis other than to just sort of make fun of him on the side and now all of a sudden he's just this mega popular dude who everyone's sort of coming around on and it's the whole thing's very strange I don't know that I care too much about it but hey man more power to him. they're going to make a lot of money
3: New York Rick where are you at here how, how into this are you I'm all the way in like <laughs> Inject, inject this <laughs> just
2: directly
3: into my veins.
2: Like the pageantry, the storylines, the beef, the drama. Like I think there's an inclination as us in MMA fandom and and specifically people who are covering the UFC and watching the UFC as fans week to week to compare and contrast as if these things are equivalent products. Like if you are tuning into, if you do end up tuning into the Misfits card tomorrow, and you are tuning in to see the highest level of combat sports competition you've failed somewhere you've you've taken a misstep and i can't help you with that you need to correct whatever has been done there but that's not the place that you should be looking the place that you should be looking is most of the time to a ufc pay-per-view if you're looking for that or the highest level boxing fights if you're looking for a fun time if you're looking for drama if you're looking for stakes and if you're looking for what shaheen alluded to the idea that like this guy insulted my significant other and now i have to get retribution for it um, this card has that. And then it's got a bunch of other interesting flamboyant characters underneath. You, you sometimes you want a hamburger, sometimes you want steak, and sometimes you just want a sugar rush. And this to me is the sugar rush. This to me is, you know, you're sitting in the movie theater and you're guzzling coke, you're wolfing down popcorn and you're eating Twizzlers until you throw up like that's what this is and it's just it's just as enjoyable and i'm all in and i'm going to be sitting there front row ready to uh, throw up after the, after the twizzlers
5: <laughs> this is the dairy queen treat of of our weekend
3: yeah this is this is smarties man this it. is smarties you might get it in your halloween bag and be like eh i'll eat the peanut butter cups first but if there's nothing else in the bag you're going to eat all those smarties in like one bite and that's kind of what you have it
2: all wrong is. i'm eating both at the same time double fist <laughs> gladly happily like give it to me all i don't i don't have to eat the, the
3: uh the rhesus cup first give give me all of it i want all of it fair enough the baby face turn is unbelievable Sheehan. it really is unbelievable i, I don't it just it's just it's incredible. unbelievable man. he's done some pretty heinous stuff <laughs> He's like, wow, this guy, unbelievable. When he was in Bellator, he was like sort of the laid back jujitsu guy that got the hype. Like he was nowhere. To, I mean, this is just unbelievable right now. And now he's gonna fight Logan Paul, who by the way came out in a mask during the weigh-ins to hide the head and keep the mystery alive on whether or not this fight's gonna happen. By the way, if you listen to No Bard, I do have a bet at plus one forty that this fight does happen. So I was a little, was a little scared. I was a little worried once I saw Logan's head start busting open but I'm just going to ask you Shaheen it's the day before how confident are you are you on a scale of 1 to 10 that this fight actually happens tomorrow
5: I mean it's going to happen right like I like it, it would be stunning if it doesn't happen at this point like all of whatever kind of weird goodwill that Dylan Dennis has built up at this point somehow magically again I'm not quite sure how but this man has somehow turned it around all of that goes away if this fight doesn't actually happen if it's on his side at least if it's a logan paul side it's a different thing but the whole thing is like i don't know mike perry is getting involved he's he's taking his shirt off with idris virgo salt poppy's out here just super skinny now like that man lost like 60 pounds in a matter of like four months i can't i can't even he looks like a different human being like I don't know. It's going to happen though. I bet it's, it would be stunning if it doesn't happen. Like th- that is irrecoverable for that man's like just the way his perceived, he's perceived if it doesn't happen.
3: Right. Like, I think Dylan's fighting. Like, I think Dylan has to fight, but like if this is a bad cut on his head, like how can he fight? I know this is not real in a lot of respects. There's, I'm sure there's no outright commission overseeing all of this, but it still seems kind of weird that he might fight with his head all busted up. So I, I think Dylan fights anybody at this point. I think he really doesn't have a choice, but are you concerned about Logan Paul, perhaps New York Rick? Or is he just playing this up perfectly, keeping the mystery alive with the mask?
2: Yeah, the WWE guy is, is playing this storyline perfectly. There's, there's no chance that behind the scenes, the cut hasn't been addressed and seen by the promoters and by the regulatory bodies that are involved um, to the point that, they wouldn't be advertising this fight if they knew that come fight night, all of a sudden Logan Paul is going to pull out. I'm extremely confident that he will show. I'm extremely confident that Dylan Dennis will show. And if I had to be scared about one or the other, right here, sitting here now on October 13th, Friday the 13th, actually, bizarrely enough, it would be Logan Paul that I'd be more concerned about. And not because of the cut, but because Dylan Dennis has undressed him in the promotion of this fight. He has completely dominated him. Uh, from pillar to post in terms of getting people excited about this card in terms of winning people over in terms of showing that he's the more game person in the equation um who knew that like the wwe star would be second billing to dylan danis in terms of the promotion because he's absolutely crushed it um you think of him what you will yes he hasn't fought in a long time but if i'm the promoter if i'm misfits i owe dylan danis a lot uh for the way that this this fight week and Uh, even previously has gone off, Uh, he's been the driving force behind it. Now, granted, I thought it was pretty funny when Logan Paul brought out Chris Hansen, but that's a very specific reference. And I thought it was pretty (laughs) funny when he brought out Gordon Ryan, but that's also a very specific reference. Uh, They've kind of fallen flat, I would imagine, with the mainstream public and it seemed like with the crowd. Dylan Dennis seems to be the guy that's winning hearts and minds. Um, and he's, he's been acing it. So yeah, I, I, if, if I was worried about anybody, it'd actually be Logan Paul and not Dylan Dennis. And I, and that's not even related to the cut situation, but I'm pretty confident that these two will get in the ring, make a decent amount of money and probably hug it out and probably do the thing that everybody does after they do these fights where it was all promotion and it was just for show and all that stuff. But that's fine. Cause until we get there, I'm, I'm going to buy in. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it and I think we will see it.
5: The Chris Hansen thing the chris yeah, hansen gotta, thing was just yeah. tremendous man and i gotta say kudos to dylan because i didn't I, I guess i wasn't well researched in chris hansen but he immediately hit that man with like oh you got tax problems where's your tax problems all that stuff It's like i didn't even know any of that it was real so so <laughs> dylan
2: dylan's been crushing it dylan has absolutely
3: been crushing it it's been wild man It's been it really has been wild Is there, outside of not fighting Shaheen, is there any way Dylan comes out of this looking really bad? Like, even if Logan just wrecks him, because he's not really a boxer. He's the jujitsu dude. But just the fact that he shows up and gets in the ring and goes through all this and showed up, like, is that enough? I know there's not a lot of moral victories in MMA, but this is not MMA. This is weird boxing. This is the circus. Is there any way if Dylan gets in there and actually boxes Logan Paul, that he comes out looking really bad.
5: Maybe. I mean, I think there's certainly a world where he comes out, looks horrendous, and then Logan sort of carries him to continue looking horrendous, and it's not like a quick knockout, and instead it's like a prolonged, like, look at how bad this guy is at that. That seems like that could be pretty pretty bad for, <laughs> for him afterwards, right? Like, that could maybe take some of the shine off this... But other than that, like, I I don't know, like, I'm not sure what the odds would be on this, but I was assuming that Logan is an overwhelming favorite because he is the actual person who has boxed before. He is a much, much, much larger man. And, you know, he's, he's someone who hasn't had all of these various surgeries and all these just injuries that have affected Dylan and assumedly taken away a lot of the explosiveness that maybe he once had as a jujitsu prodigy, prodigy, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think we all expect Logan to go in there and tear this kid apart or tear this guy apart. It's not a kid at this point uh but again i think there is a world to answer your question where he goes out there and he looks really bad over a really long sustained period of time that that could be bad but other than that like yeah as long as he steps in does what he does whatever he needs to do and then gets out of there and actually does the fight and shows people that like hey yeah no i actually do fight instead of just sign up for fights uh i think that's a win in and of itself for dylan i mean he's what's his instagram following now compared to what it was six
3: months ago it's it's night and day it's crazy you're correct. what do you think is there any way dylan like if dylan just shows up and fights gives the old college try and at least tries is it okay is that enough
2: boys like not so fast like why are we counting out dylan dennis here in fact i don't think this is a foregone conclusion at all i'll be laying some lumber on dylan dennis what uh, Of the two, let's 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 really think about this for a second. Of the two, yes, certainly Logan Paul has boxing fights, but would you consider Logan Paul a boxer in the way that you consider Jake Paul a boxer? I certainly wouldn't, right? Like I think Jake has taken it very seriously, dedicated him to the sport, and is truly a boxer, right? Like that is his that is his love. Logan Paul is a guy out there marketing, promoting Prime, doing WWE shows, like. And let's call it what it is. Like He has not been that great in the boxing ring. I know he thinks he beat Floyd Mayweather, who carried him and allowed him to be in a, an exhibition fight with him. He's not that great a boxer. And I'm willing to take the chance that Dylan Dannis in his years of combat sports experience, now, yes, he is coming from the Jiu-Jitsu world, but has trained his hands and is somebody who actually has been in competition and and fights for much longer uh, than Logan Paul has, is at least capable enough to be in the fight to the point where the odds feel out of whack to me. The odds feel completely out of whack. Now, is there a world where Dylan's just not a good enough boxer, where like the hands are just not there yet and he really is going to be relying upon his ground game in MMA? Sure. But I'm not counting Dylan Dennis out. And in fact, you'll, you'll see your boy backing Dylan Dennis financially uh, for sure. So the earlier question regarding, is there like a, a losing situation for Dennis? <laughs> perhaps like if he goes out there and gets absolutely flatlined by logan paul that's going to be pretty embarrassing after all the promotion and the build-up to this and I, I think he's prepared for that outcome but that's going to be pretty bad um you know we saw tyron woodley get absolutely smoked ben Askren get smoked by jake paul and it was hard um as mma fighters to kind of deal with that and and they became memes forever um but truly and and i said this earlier if you look at this fight if you look at can dylan dennis headline a card and sell a fight I think he's already proven that right now. I think he's already like established himself as somebody that they can rely upon to do this in in a high capacity. So I think it's a win for Dylan Dennis just even what has happened so far. I think if, you know, let's say he does lose a boxing decision. Does this preclude him from going back to MMA and somebody thinking I can make some money off Dylan Dennis that he's able to do this and headline a card and promote it? I wouldn't. If I was an MMA promoter, I'd be interested in Dylan Dennis. If I was a boxing promoter, if I was misfits, I'd be interested in bringing back Dylan Dennis. So short of the initial embarrassment of getting absolutely starched or flatlined by logan paul i think dylan dennis has put enough hay in the barn to say like i'm box office for at least to this degree at least in this realm at least in this world where i have a dance partner um that i think it's all upside for him if he has even a mediocre showing i think he's somebody who could kind of make the rounds and and think about like a guy like anthony taylor Anthony Taylor hasn't really like had any like amazing boxing influence or boxing performances, but he's sticking around this world just based on the idea that he's game, just based on the idea that he has a little bit of a fan base uh, from his MMA days. And just based on the fact that he's going to get on the mic and call people out, Dylan Dennis is that to the nth degree, right? Dylan Dennis is that with a higher profile with friends like Conor McGregor backing him where he can just come in and kind of make some ruckus. So I think there's only upside for Dylan Dennis, even even in the worst case scenario where where Logan really does like embarrass him and knock him out, it'll be a momentary blip and it will be tough to recover from socially and online. But even then, on the back end, I think Dylan Dennis will still be able to do good business. So I think this is all win-win uh, for Dylan Dennis at this point.
3: The biting lines for this fight. Logan Paul, as of right now, what I'm well looking at minus 500 favorite, Dylan Dennis coming back at plus 330, Shaheen. Who wins? Who's the pick?
5: None of us, Mike Heck. None of us win.
3: Uh, Logan.
5: Logan wins, right? Like, yeah, Logan's going to win. It's not going to be great. It's going to be mediocre
2: boxing from two goobers. Like, I don't know. It is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) here's 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 a big factor in this fight six rounds is huge right because like you lose one and now all of a sudden you're in a deep hole but also like it can also go either way in a six round fight there's really like not a lot to do we we saw this in the anthony taylor versus salt poppy fight um where i believe it was four rounds and Anthony Taylor kind of just hugged them for four rounds and you, there's not much to score. And all of a sudden you can end up on the right side of a decision. So I think the, the limited nature of this fight lends itself to either guy. Like anybody can really win this. And if you're going to give me plus money on the guy who's actually a fighter versus the guy who's a marketer and WWE star, I'm at least going to roll the dice on it. I'm at least going to take a chance, but would it shocked me if Logan Paul just like was slightly better at boxing, um, no, it would not. I love that you're oh. still a little salty about the the Salt Poppy
5: Anthony Taylor. Fight. I hate it's it. It's like a little. I hate bit.
2: it. I could hear it coming no, out. I hate Just it. Oh, it's not a little bit. I'm a, I'm a lot a bit angry at Anthony Taylor for the hugging that happened in that fight. Just box. I want to see boxing, and we I think Salt Poppy will deliver. And. I'm um, a little bit tongue in cheek because I do like Anthony Taylor, and I think, as I said, like he's good for this influencer space. He really like brings something good to it. But yeah, come on, let me see Salt Poppy's hands. Like, stop, stop hugging him, and let me see Salt Poppy's hands. And hopefully, we can see that uh, this week.
5: How but dare you but, you?
2: but, but
5: you might want to thank Anthony Taylor because he might have brought out Salt Poppy's final form. Like, I don't yeah, watch it's Dragon a Ball Z. Fair TV, point. But- I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, but whatever the thing is in Dragon Ball Z where people go into the chamber and they stay in there for like a couple months or whatever and power up and then they come out and they're a completely different person. Like that's what Salt Poppy just did. And it's because of Andrew yeah, Taylor. You, know, so you
2: might want to thank I, him. I didn't think about that. It's a completely fair point. We've got the the final evolution in the Pokemon chain of Salt Poppy. You know, like, he's so handsome now. Like, does he take over the Salt Bay nickname? Does he steal it? Does he become Salt Bay? Does he become Salt Zaddy? Like, who knows what's going to happen with handsome Salt Poppy? And if he can go out there with the hands and get a knockout, like, the sky's the limit for our boy. So, yeah, you're right. Like, maybe we owe Anthony Taylor uh, a thank you for unlocking Salt Poppy's ultimate evolution.
3: I have a bet on this fight. I have a bet on this fight. It is a draw at plus 1,400. That's what I bet on. It's a small shackle. It's not unreasonable. It is Six not rounds? unreasonable. Yes. It's going to be weird, dude. It's going to be weird. It's going to be chaotic. There might even be like a DQ. Like if there's a DQ prop somewhere, I'd probably take that. Like I'd probably. Yeah. If I could take a fight ends without an actual punch landing, I would probably do it. <laughs> but I'm going well, to play the they, draw.
2: <laughs> they both did uh, grappling in their open workout. So who knows? Maybe they're going in there to just sub the other guy like Nate Diaz did with the guillotine at the end of the uh, Jake Paul fight and walk out of there with their hand raised as if they did something. So yeah, who knows? But uh, I think
3: that's not a, a bad play at all. I'm, I'm with you on that. The other bet I have in this card uh, I'm betting against our friend Anthony Taylor. King Kenny is just a massive individual and he's actually a pretty good boxer. I just don't know if Anthony can get near him. I think he's just going to get jabbed to death for however long that fight lasts. But again, Anthony Taylor is a gamer. He will fight anybody and respect to him. All right, let's go to the peeps. We have a few minutes. We'll take some questions. I'm sure the peeps are so excited that we just spent time talking about this event.
2: Uh, they're all gonna okay, be watching good. give me a give me a break they're all they're gonna all, be watching this give me you're all
3: gonna be you're gonna be paying attention you you all are you're going to be somewhat we, intrigued to at least go to mafighting.com and see what's going on
4: we all slow down on the freeway and there's a crash on the side of the freeway we all slow down we
5: all human especially nature. if that crash like the car's on fire and and all sorts of various explosions are happening like we, we watch yeah
4: john fury's Banging on the car
5: <laughs> dude apparently he pulled no his one, pants down how has no one forked over enough money to get john fury into one of these misfit shows like i want to see him like doing something like this yeah jake it sounds paul's like dad.
2: mams was was open to jake paul's dad versus uh john fury <laughs> so seeing, i would pay i'd too. pay oh 80 gosh. bucks for
3: that fight i'd pay 80 bucks for that fight i'd watch <laughs> the crap out of that i would watch the hell out of that
2: He's yeah, not bro. a better boxer but he's he's a lot more interesting than Tommy who's just uh the, the like the wor like the most boring man like i i he's he looks like a million bucks he's he's decent enough in the ring but god he's the most boring human who's ever walked this earth. Oh my wait, god. Wait, I love this about-
5: continued bit from you that you're like all in on this stuff but Tommy Fury is just the, boring. the worst. He's just, <laughs> he's boring. He's just so, so
2: boring. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> what Would you think of the, the little like face-off of KSI? The they, they were like, they were like, they were hitting yeah. the glass pretty hard.
2: It was decent. It Dude. was decent. I I don't like the glass thing. I didn't like the like that was look. look Dude, if you're gonna if it, you're gonna get to this point and you have Logan and Dylan, like sell it. Just sell it. Just m- remove that and put them in front of each other. Have extra security. In fact, just do what the UFC has done at times or boxing has done at times. We're going to have 10,000 security guards here. They're so anxious to get at each other. Nothing can stop them. So we're going to crowd the place with security guards. Just pretend that the animosity can't be contained without actually containing the animosity. Because if you contain it, then it's just boring. Like they're just standing in front of a glass panel yeah. like it's prison.
4: I, honestly, I like it. I think it worked. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I watched it the whole way in, and I was like, God dang it, I'm invested. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite. Oh, Casey's
2: <laughs> in. Casey's
5: in.
4: They, they got me. They got me. Like,
3: oh I hate. I... My favorite thing about it was Dylan Danis is sitting in that cage with a glass partition in the center, all by himself, and Logan Paul is taking about nine minutes to put his socks <laughs> and shoes <laughs> yeah. on, and Dylan's just in this cage yelling at Logan to hurry up and get his shoes on. I was <laughs> dying. I was dying Dude. laughing. <laughs>
2: Dylan was begging to do a real face-off. You can hear it on the mics. He's just like, please let us do a real face-off. Again, just winning the week. He's the showman. He knows. He knows what this is all about. I I, I feel like he's been uh, on on point this week.
3: This is so uh, crazy. All right, let's take some questions. All right, jeez.
4: <laughs> oh, wait, where is it? Where is it? Um, <laughs> all right, because we didn't mention it, but we got to talk about it because it was hilarious.
3: Uh, talk about Eric Helwani running away. <laughs> very, very smartly, by the way. And shout out, to, shout out to Helwani. That dude plays hurt. He plays sick. He plays with a voice. He plays with no voice. He's had a tough time with the voice this week. Dude playing through. No days off. No minutes off. And those reflexes to get the hell out of there. Just brilliant. What did you think, Shiki? Yeah. A plus for Helwani? Yeah, it, it...
5: Electric Nepal is talking about running away. I'm talking about cat-like reflexes to get yourself out of danger. Come on, man. That was tremendous. He was out of there so fast.
4: And he set that I'm screen sure. up with the guy throwing the bottle. The, the, That's uh, it. The guy, the,
2: yeah. He set the screen he allowed- up. Be loud... Ariel generated and allowed for us to get the moment of that guy launching the ninety mile per hour strike mm-hmm. right at Logan. So yeah, like Ariel was Ariel was just helping the cause. He wasn't running away. He was creating. He was creating magic for us. So yeah, thank you He's to Ariel. Off
5: all screens, doing the dirty work that no one appreciates. You know. <laughs> uh,
3: how does the MMA media pick Logan over their own? He's not Jake. He has proved nothing to us. I'm He's picking a draw. <laughs> I'm picking a draw. So, I don't, know don't
2: <laughs> Yeah, know. Mike, don't count Mike. I don't feel like you have to like back the, the 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 idea that like there was a time when it was Jake Paul versus MMA. I think we're like past that. I think it's kind of just the separate influencer thing like i don't think that even nate diaz versus jake paul is like he needs to win it for mma nate diaz is going in there to make money and shut up jake paul like he's not doing it for for the mma fan in iowa who's like yay i really love mma compared to influencer boxing he's he doesn't care about that and neither do, do any of these guys dylan dennis isn't doing it for the sanctity of mma he's doing it to make some money so like I don't think you're you're inclined in any capacity to root for these guys, uh, but I do wonder if there's a tipping point where like an MMA fighter is going to do better against a guy who doesn't box that much, and that's what I'm willing to find out with this fight. I think that Jake is an exception where he's a real boxer at this point. Um, I'm not sure Logan is, so let's see if MMA skills and fundamentals like like Dylan Dennis has will be enough to overcome it.
5: I just I, the you tribalism are, yeah. of this is so funny to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I was did you not yeah. did you not take like but Jake to beat Ben Askren? Did you not pick him to beat Nate Diaz? Like you're just picking a fight. Also, one of our own. Like, Dylan has maybe one more pro fight than Casey does. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, what are we talking about?
2: <laughs> also, one hey, of I, our own that everybody spent the last three years absolutely shitting on for yeah. the entire time. Like, oh yeah, now Dylan Dennis is our hero. You're like, come on, give me, give me a break with
3: this. <laughs> All right. Uh Hmm. the real question is how is logan more of a favorite over dylan than fury is over ksi i agree i think the lines are off that makes sense to me what he's asking here that is a good question i don't even know what the betting line is for let me i'll try to pull it up but i don't know what it is it was pretty high. KSI, like, KSI's look decent.
5: I will say. I mean, KSI, KSI's look decent in like the last few fights that he's had. I know he trains over there with MVP and all those guys. It, that's a good training room, and he looks pretty good against Joe Fournier. I know that was a legal knockout with the, with the elbow. Like that was a really pretty, <laughs> pretty knockout for for what it was. Like it was pretty spectacular. I don't know. He's looked pretty good.
3: I'm with yeah. you on that. I I I think Tommy Fury is going to thump up KSI tomorrow. Like I don't think that fight's yeah. competitive at all. I really don't. Tommy's Tommy's going to style on him.
4: Yeah, because we work in the, M- in the MMA world. What what is a bigger fight actually between the top two fights? Because we didn't talk about this oh, Ogan, at all. Logan, it's not no. even Logan by a mile. Oh, it no, is not
3: it, even. It, it, it is outside, not even outside close. Of the MMA world. Just, at-
4: just okay. I was just wondering. I didn't know. I don't know.
3: Yeah.
5: no if you look at like the trends and the search results and just the different the hits the video hits and just everything mm-hmm. website hits everything it is different it's miles and miles away it is five times what what the ksi fury is doing the logan Paul ksi fury is, is the main event far, right? far and away it's-
2: it's like- yeah. they've they've billed it as like double main event like bellator tried to do with their title fights for 300 like they've built it as like these are both the main event but it will be go ksi versus tommy will be going on last hmm. I wonder is if that, that a mistake? mistake tommy is just not like yeah i think so but tommy is just not the dance partner that these guys me- need and i don't even like i'm not even trying to be like disrespectful to Tommy Fury, but Tommy Fury is a legit boxer. Like Tommy Fury in this world doesn't make sense. Like Tommy Fury is a dude who should be climbing the ranks in like British boxing and like going for titles, or I don't know if he's that level. I don't think he's that level, but going toward that. And so he's not in the theatrics, like his dad brings way more to the table from that capacity than he does. And so it just feels weird. Whereas Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul, like they're paired against each other and they're playing in the muck. Tommy versus Jake isn't that interesting. Tommy versus KSI isn't that interesting. But if you get KSI versus Jake, now that probably tops, right? That that becomes the big fight even though um Logan is the WWE star. I think Tommy uh Jake versus KSI has a little bit of that secret sauce. But yeah, I mean I don't think that fight is that big. Um KSI versus Tommy, it's really on the on the back of KSI and a little bit of John Fury sticking his uh his butt on camera
3: <laughs> and his head through almost It's big glass. in the UK.
2: It's big. It's really big yeah. in the UK.
4: Yeah, I just, I just have no gauge for it because, I, like, I know KSI is a giant star, but he, outside of these little events, I've never heard of the guy. So, uh, but of course, no, this isn't for. No, but I got, wonder. He's it, got a
2: very massive following. Very dedicated.
4: Yeah. Is is it a mistake putting real boxers on this card? I think so.
2: Yeah. I, I find, I find I that think... kind of boring. Honestly, a real boxer. That's that's the point. I don't think real boxers should be an in influencer boxing. And I don't say that from like a sanctimonious perspective, like get these real boxers. Like I just don't think it's that interesting. These guys are too good skill-wise to be in there with guys who have not been trained. Like Tommy Fury comes from a lineage of the best – like his brother is the heavyweight champion and possibly the best heavyweight of all time. He comes from a lineage where he grew up in a gym and he's fighting a guy who started boxing because he – got sick of playing video games and saw uh, jake paul doing it like it's just a it's just a mismatch it's just not the right kind of thing whereas logan paul and dylan dennis are comparable like that makes sense um so yeah i, I think it, real a, boxer shouldn't be in there i do
5: think though like tommy fury seems to be the exception right like there's not a, he's the only real boxer sort of he's around the only this whole one. thing mm-hmm. and he's he, the way that he's almost talked about and viewed He's like the final boss, right? Like the, in that respect, it makes sense to me of just like him being the final boss. He's sort of the, the guy, the echelon that everyone's trying to meet because he is the actual guy. He's the real professional compared to all these guys.
2: He, he's the final boss for Jake Paul's lowest pay-per-view and getting outshined by the Capone man event on the prime card. He's the <laughs> final boss for that. Tom, Tommy Fury is the final boss for not doing good business.
3: <laughs> yeah, Tommy Tommy Fury's not here for the business unless it's like putting butts in seats over there. But – to kind of Shaheen's point, like if you think you're so good at influencer boxing that you can somehow step up to like the pro scene, because I don't even think this KSI Tommy Fury fight is a, like an actual professional boxing fight, right? I, don't even, I think it's just yeah. kind of an exhibition that will just have a score read. So I guess if you if you are to be taken in any way serious in this boxing world, coming from that world, you beat Tommy Fury, at least people are like, okay. I guess we could take him a little more seriously. So I think you, that's what Shane kind of means by that. Almost a no, little test to get to the next level. Because Tommy Fury's a boxer and he's boxed boxers, but he's not yeah. good at boxing. I,
2: yeah. I, well, he's not good. He's good in this world. But I, I agree with that sentiment. You know what you do in that case? Go chase a, a title, a WBA, WB. Like, go box. If you, re, if you want to test yourself and you think- Why you're would you do that? Box, why would you
5: do that? Go box
2: what do you mean why would you do that
5: rather than making because you're making 10 times more to go fight a worse opponent it's the chael sonnen thing of fight the the worst guy for the best money
2: that's from tommy's perspective i'm talking about the other perspective if you're ksi there's much bigger fights out there for you he should be fighting jake paul and making more money. Tommy's not going to get you. The, this payday is, is not dependent upon Tommy. This payday is dependent upon KSI. KSI is the one bringing the, the money to the equation. So for Tommy, yeah, go, go beat up KSI and make more money. If you're KSI, you'll make more fighting Nate Diaz. You'll make for more fighting Jake Paul. You'll make more fighting any of these other guys. So it only makes sense, it only makes sense from Tommy's perspective on, the, on that front. And if you really think you're a boxer... Go box. I think
4: Misfits boxing is kind of amazing because I don't follow this at all, but yet the storylines are so much more in depth and complicated than anything else on the <laughs> UFC card. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I I, I, I I could talk. We, we I could bring up a question about the UFC card. Oh, you know, cool. But I'm not interested. And I I for some reason this is, I'm more interested in this That's, stupid stupid soap opera. <laughs> That's by know. design, though. The oh, US- I know, and it, US- it's so—it's
2: so—it's—I don't know—it's kind of amazing, like. The, the I, UFC have doesn't it. have to have storylines. They just expect you to tune in because they have the best roster in the world, which is 100 true. Like, there's no doubt about it. UFC has the best roster in terms of MMA on the planet, so they make you tune in every Saturday on the on the basis of I know I'm getting a reliable product from the UFC. I know I'm going to get some semblance of decent fights. I know I'm going to get some semblance of stakes because they are decent fighters. And they don't try to promote at all. It's just a, it's just the mill. They're just grinding, grinding, grinding until they get to the pay per view, and then they give a Okay. little bit of effort, yeah. but they don't have to and and nobody nobody pushes back against it. But if you're misfits, you have to tell a story. Otherwise nobody's gonna know who the hell these people are or why the product matters. Um so they have to they have to put in this work and to their credit they they do a decent job of it. But yeah the UFC does not, unfortunately.
5: Can can I real quick, can I can I pivot? Cause I know we only have a few minutes here before we have a hard out. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had a chance to talk about this with any of y'all over the course of the week because I was off for a couple of days. So much has changed about what we're going to do with next week. Do you guys like this card more, what we have gotten now for next week, than what we would have
2: gotten? I I don't. Because I was more interested in the Paulo Costa fight, and I don't think that Kamaru Usman or Alexander Volkanovsky stepping in on this short notice is, from a competitive standpoint, that interesting. From a... This reminds me of when Masvidal stepped in for Kamaru Usman um, the first time, and like the story of the stepping in became this thing, and it kind of took a life of its own, and that was the promotion, and that was interesting, and that really carried the fight to become interesting, and then when they got in the cage, it wasn't that interesting – I'm kind of in the same spot where I feel like the idea of them stepping in is super cool. And they were able to get a freaking champion to step in on short notice and fight Islam. And they were able to get a guy who's a former champion in Kamaru coming off um, a championship loss to step in, which is a really cool story and speaks to what they were able to do. But ultimately, the product I don't feel is going to be as good. I'm not as compelled by these fights because of the short notice nature.
4: Yeah, I don't like the short notice part, but let me ask you this. <clears throat> if this was – if the new card with Volkanovski and Usman, if that was the original card versus you know uh, Oliver and Costa, which card do you think is better?
2: Yeah, that's more interesting to me. I, I still prefer the Costa matchup because he's an actual middleweight, and I want to see – hamzat versus a middleweight but that's a lot closer if these were the originally booked fights i'm definitely not complaining about it and don't get me wrong like for what they had left for what was available to them they hit a home run with this they have people excited but it for me it is not uh, like i saw a lot of talk on on x on twitter about like is this actually better and to your like Mm. i think there's people who will like these fights more because i think there are people who who's with those fan bases will for me Competitively, it falls a little bit short due to the nature of the time frame. But man, they did as good as you could possibly do. They did as good as you can possibly do.
3: Yeah, it's it's to me, it's not better, but it's certainly not worse. It's just it's different. That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's different. I'm with New York Rick. I want the. I would prefer the Costa fight just because I. Mm I still feel like even if Hamzat runs Kamar Usman, and by the way, I think that fight's gonna be incredibly fun, because I think Usman's best chance to win is to just go balls to the wall and try to lull Hamzat into a war like Gilbert Burns did. So I think Usman's I don't think Usman's gonna fight like a super technical fight, because if Usman ends up on his back, he's going to get absolutely destroyed. He's going to get destroyed by Hamzat Shemayev. But But if Shemaev's on goes, his back, who know you know? I mean, that's maybe. What, that's what we're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. We could. we could, Or Usa just comes out and tries to knock Shamayev out, which makes this fight super fun. And that's, I think the main that's event... The thing for me. Yeah. I think the main event is more Ustin intriguing than the all fight. I like the main yeah. event better. Co-main event, I like a, a little bit less. But as DR Rick said, you could have done a whole lot worse. This is as good as you can do on, sh- on 11 days notice. And this whole thing about... You know, well, Volk has a built-in excuse. I'm not playing that game, man. Like Volk did a media scrum and said, when I got the call, I had a smile on my face. I was relieved when I got the call because I didn't want to wait till January to fight. I was excited to do this. This wasn't like, well, I got to talk to my team. We have to iron it out. It was an immediate yes. So he himself is taking the short notice excuse out of play. Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, and for the people that are like, oh, we want the, the full build here. I get it, but Makachev's already been saying, I want to go to 170. So we may not even get have another chance to even book this fight if Makachev goes up to 170. So I'm cool with it. The, it's going to be super interesting. By the way, there are no excuses anyway, because if he loses twice to Islam Makhachev and Islam
2: Makachev sure. is still holding that belt, it doesn't matter if he took it on five months notice or 10 days notice he's not getting another crack at it so it 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 almost is irrelevant he needs to be in there to compete and there is no built-in excuse also let's like he's alexander freaking volkanovsky
3: like the dude's not coming in there to just show up
2: like there's no chance there's no world
3: yeah and he won't even say like well you know i did my best but it was on 11 days notice so now he's gonna go in there if his on beats and say look he was better tonight i lost i said yes so did he and I just don't want the narrative to be if Islam goes in and wins in dominant fashion. Well, the only reason he did is because Volk was in on eleven days' notice. I just don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Both guys know what they signed up for. Oh, we're certainly going to hear it. We're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. But I think this is ultimately the best
5: case scenario for Volk. Also, Eric, I know you. You got to go. So if you need to take off, go for it. Um, Hi, guys. But I mean, love you, Eric. Thank you for joining us, buddy. New York, Rick, the great New York, Rick. Uh, but ultimately, to me, this feels like the best case scenario for what Volt could have asked for, right? Because I don't like, maybe there was some demand for this rematch, but it certainly didn't feel like there was overwhelming demand for it, at least not now, right? Like, it feels like this lightweight division, this featherweight division, people wanted it to start getting moving, contenders to start getting their opportunities. And now to come in here, low stakes, a lot less pressure than the first time around you have a built-in excuse because you're you will hear that <laughs> excuse mike like that is going to be what you hear if he loses for the rest of time as well he didn't get a full camp and he would have done better if he got a full camp i don't know to me this is like the best possible scenario if you're alexander volkanovsky and you've been begging for this opportunity like this is it and then for the the Coleman, like i understand the the there is it it is inherent to make the masvidal comparison because it involves Kamara Usman and it's something we just saw relatively compar like recently, but man, I don't, I don't know that that comparison fits for me. Cause Kamara Usman's just a demonstrably better fighter than Jorge Masvidal. Like, like Kamaru Usman a year ago, we were talking about, as like this unbeatable guy who just would never be beaten. And now, sure, he lost twice to Leon Edwards, but Leon Edwards is also really good. Like, Kamaru Usman is not anybody's chump. He's not going to go in there and lose in the way that Kevin Holland lost to Hamzat Shamayev. Like, I'm actually, I loved the Paulo Costa foot. I don't know that I like this fight. As much, but if if that if the cost of fight was a 10, this is like a 9.5 for me. Like to, to see Usman in this spot after we have seen Usman for so long in such a different way, right? Like as the champ, the guy who's gonna get the time, the guy who's gonna be able to like everyone's working to him. To see him come in as this underdog last second figure moving up a weight, like that is such a different look for Kamar Usman. And we really like didn't know what Kamar Usman was gonna be doing, right? Like we were talking about him versus Wonder Boy. Him something like that, maybe like going back to the back Bilal. of the queue at 170. Yeah, like this is an infinitely better opportunity for him because all of a sudden you beat Hamzat Shamayev. Dude, you're fighting for the middleweight belt next. Like that's what that's oh, what's oh, happening. It's it an incredible opportunity
4: for Uzman. I, I think incredible opportunity for Usman. Yeah, absolutely. I just – the short notice thing, I just don't like it. I, I'm, I'm just getting like these these old feels of Habib versus Max Holloway, you know, bringing him in late notice and, you know, just – things just don't work out right in this weird sport, especially the international travel they have to do, you know, you know, just cutting that weight, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping everything's awesome, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's MMA. Well,
3: what I also like about the Houston thing is no one saw it coming. No one saw yeah. this coming. Cause we, like, I told the story on heck one morning. We, we were told about a month ago that this fight might with Costa might not happen, that they were making phone calls, to a lot of different fighters about possibly stepping in and taking the fight, and it seemed like, all right, well, the, the UFC ultimately landed on, all right, we'll see how Paulo does over the next few weeks. Maybe he can fight. Let's try to keep it on. But this fight was in jeopardy for a, for a while. I didn't really know why when I was trying to seek out information about this, and then obviously Paulo earlier this week posting the elbow, which is just frigging nasty. Yeah, and I'm like, sucks. there's no way this guy's fighting. There's just no way. Yeah. And you know, with Ikram on the card. Kananir has a fight booked, like all these other guys that maybe could have stepped in. You know, maybe they pull Michelle Pereira from this card and they put him in there with Hamza Shemayev. Like there's a lot of ways we could have gone at 185, but for Usman to be the guy, I was like, damn, this is pretty cool because he's not even named you thought of in this whole conversation, which is wild. So kudos to Usman. And this is a great chance for him. If he's even competitive with Shemayev, even in a loss, and Colby wins the welterweight title, like, Colby could just call him out oh and get God, a welterweight title him. shot. He's like this like is- la, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, these are the types think- of situations that put you in good favor with the UFC. This is why this sport is so outrageous and so
5: awesome to follow sometimes, because there is now a very real path. There's a very real world to where suddenly, very quickly – very soon we will be talking about the potential of a Sean Strickland Kamar Usman rematch for the title at 185 pounds. A fight that literally zero of us would have thought about even two weeks ago or a month ago before the Strickland thing happened. Like the, the way that things change and the pathways that open just randomly out of nowhere, there is nothing else like it. There really isn't, like there's no other sport where the that, that functions in this way just systematically, like functionally. It's crazy. I love it so much. It is just so crazy too. Like we're like, okay, Shmaev's going to middleweight.
4: Let's we know he's unbelievably dangerous at welterweight, but we it's the jury's still out at middleweight. And yet when he goes to middleweight, he's fighting a welterweight again. So we kind of <laughs> don't know still like how even if Shmaev looks amazing, in the end of the day he still fought a welterweight. So, we'll see. I don't know. It's it's a yeah, it's Makes martial arts is wild.
3: I can't wait for the. I can't wait for the watch party. I'm I so cannot excited. freaking wait, man. I cannot wait. All right, are we good? Yeah, I, I think good. we've uh, we've done it all. We'll be back uh, if you guys got more questions. I understand, but don't you worry, Casey and I will be back. Uh, One thirty p.m. Eastern tomorrow, and we'll answer all of your questions about
4: and if, normal if
3: UFC card chaotic we're starting be, we're
4: starting for the misfits card we're not starting before the oh yeah yeah it's before yeah,
3: the right. misfits card it's before, it's the, before misfits the misfits card. card not not the ufc the prime card, card. The prime yeah oh no card. no no, no. Yeah. look we all know where the attention of the combat sports world is going to be whether you like it or not you could say oh stop talking about it. you're gonna be paying attention sorry we all are in a weird way it's the yeah. canker store events hey, <laughs> if you don't like it if you don't like it here's what you do fans if
5: you don't like this kind of content engage more with the apex card content because if if people see more engagement on the ufc content and less on this type of stuff then they'll do that type of content that's
3: just not the reality the power is yours my friends thank you for joining us we'll see you tomorrow for casey for shaheen i am mike hack good night everybody love you guys go D- go d-backs let's go. go strows you're listening to the vox media podcast network